0: Welcome to Household Six. We are two seasoned Army spouses and virtual BFFs who want to encourage and empower you to leave your duty station better than you found it. We're your hosts, Margot and Kathleen, and we're so happy you're here.
1: All right, I'm here with Tiffany Cook. She's the Fort Polk School Liaison Officer, and that's a position that I didn't know much about until I met Tiffany. So I'm really excited that she agreed to sit and chat with us, give some information about what slow can do for you. So Tiffany, tell me a little bit about
2: yourself. Okay, so a little bit about myself as former military spouse and I too, the position has been around, it actually came out of a Army Family Action Plan. So if, you know, and it took a long time. It took several different installations and several different joint services all having the same issue saying, hey, our kids are guaranteed a free and appropriate education, but every state's doing it differently, and we move all around, and we don't know what's happening. And so from that, the Department of Defense actually, it went through the Department of the Army and the Department of the Navy, and was set up as a program that actually has a Department of Defense instruction behind it, so it's not just Department of the Army specific. So we like to say there's one everywhere, regardless of where you're going by uh, dody or Department of Defense instruction, your installation has to have an acting one, so it may be your child and youth service coordinator, in some places it's your wing commander's executive officer, but everywhere there's somebody who knows and manages what we call the school support services program. And, so, and you've told me in passing conversations
1: all of the cool stuff you guys can do, but when I first heard of the position, I was like, oh my gosh, I need someone like that to just tell me the difference between all the schools. You know, you get somewhere and they're like, oh, we have school choice here. And I'm like, no, I don't know where to go. (laughs) And the elementary schools here, they, like, both of them that are nearby start with a P, so I could never remember which one was which and just little stuff like that. But what are some of the things that people don't know that
2: you could do? One of the biggest things that you can do to help your permanent change of station is as soon as you think that you might have soft orders and be going somewhere, Reach out to your school liaison officer because they will. They'll. They can go all through it with you. If you live on base, this is what's going to happen. If you live in this neighborhood, this is the school. This is how you understand their performance score. If their performance score looks a certain way, they can tell you, yeah, but the school you're zoned for is great. This is what it actually breaks out and looks like. So those are some of the little things during a PCS that that we can help you with. Um, Other than that, we make sure that parents are not experiencing any barriers in education and that the school system that they're at understands the military culture. So this is very helpful at our installation, especially after all the different hurricanes and natural disasters that we had. We ended up with a lot of families living about 45 minutes away in Alexandria and that school system was really not ready for that. It was by natural disaster that people ended up there. And so that's one of the biggest things that we help with is school districts, is educating school districts on things may look and sound different or the parent may be saying that the child has a student improvement plan. But what that really means here is we, so we help the school district understand the language that the parent is speaking Um we help school districts understand the military, you know, acronym world. And we help commanders understand the education acronym world. Lindsay and I joke about that all the time, that we probably could speak and have our own language within our office. Lindsay's my assistant. Most of them do have an assistant within their office as well. It's usually a two-person team. Sometimes it's a three-person team at your larger installations, And again, at your smaller installations, it may, DO Wing Commander XO doing an executive officer. Some of the other small things that we do are adopt schools, and we work with all the public affairs officers within all of the different units on post so that we have the community influencer. So, right now, that's a secretary of the Army's initiative is community influencer. And so, we're working with all the public affairs officers to do the community influencer series within our school systems. We also can help you get involved. So here we manage the VEMAS school volunteer. So if you wanna volunteer within a school, we're the ones that certify your hours in Vemus. We print off your Venus um, resume and provide it to the principal. Or if you, want, if you want a tutor, then we can put you in a tutoring database. So we also keep a tutoring database within our office we provide scholarship opportunities so we can help a senior kind of a junior or a senior guide them through college planning because one thing usually is that if we've been at a school since we were a freshman or an eighth grader we've done our graduation plan the counselor can see what our pathway was and we're in a pretty good place when you move and your pathway looks one way and you're moving into a different pathway Meeting with us very early on before you go to the school system. So again, we can help the school system understand this is what the pathway looked before. We understand the Louisiana pathway. And so this is how we're going to integrate those two. So that the family doesn't feel overwhelmed of like, we're starting all over (laughs) and we need you to graduate next year. Because something you had mentioned
1: to me before that you help a lot with is when students coming from a school with different requirements helping the new school figure out like okay what can this early American history class count for when you guys require late American history or I don't know yeah
2: absolutely so that's that is exactly what we do so again the sooner you you can reach out or you know that you're moving we can start helping it sometimes helps parents decide I think we're gonna try to graduate back here. The great thing about that is we never wanna separate a service member if we don't have to from their family. So a lot of times your child you don't you don't have to stay in North Carolina to graduate in North Carolina. So Ooh. if the service member is coming down here and going to do a career broadening for fifteen months and you all could rent your house up there for twelve you know and you decide, yeah, we do want to move. We don't want to separate, especially, you know, around our child um, going off to college. We can come here. We can set up a memorandum. You can go anywhere, set up a memorandum of agreement. And through the military interstate compact, the child can still graduate where where they were. So you're not. Oh, that's cool. Then you avoid some of those complications with requirements. Yes, with requirements. They mentioned it yesterday. We had our Ed Summit yesterday here on the installation And and most people do have, school liaison officers are also responsible for that. So not, there's only about eight or nine installations that, that have them active right now. But it's where you bring your command team together and all your stakeholders, your community stakeholders and your school districts together to basically strategically plan and move forward. And so one of those stories was shared from a principal yesterday about his school provided all the academics that a child needed to be able to graduate in Alaska. Oh, cool. And so that was a neat story to share. That
1: also, I think people who don't move around a lot might not understand how some of us have a real attachment to a certain place. Because I think I would have wanted to graduate in North Carolina. Like, I've been clinging to my North Carolina driver's license for the last 12 <laughs> years. The, the picture is 10 years old. It doesn't even look like me. <laughs> um, but I keep renewing it
2: online because I'm like, I'm from North Carolina. No, it's it's important. I mean, we, it's important to have roots with this child from Alaska. Um, her parents had been stationed there. If that child has moved around a lot, their roots are probably going to be where they started junior high or high school at. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we try to preserve to or make it as similar. So we're also going to take all that into account when you're coming and you're going to tell us everything your kid was involved in and we're going to figure out how to match it and right-size it oh, here as well.
1: You had brought up in the conversation we had before the complication with the different sports offered at different schools and enrollment.
2: Yes. And so that can also... The other thing that we're very versed in or we usually know the person to ask the right questions to is your state's athletic association. What is different about a state athletic association is they are an independent party usually that doesn't have government oversight. Now, they have to, their stakeholders and the people that pay the membership fees to them are school districts. And so, they are going to do right by school districts so that school districts continue to pay a membership to them, but they're the ones that actually set the eligibility guidelines. In most states, that's usually not a governing body ran by the state that you're in, which is a common misconception for parents. But it does have a lot to do with the way that the school districts have drawn out where you live plays into what sports and what school you go to.
1: Because especially here, there are several schools that don't offer some pretty common sports. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: some of our rural schools do not offer football. And that's actually the same if you're at Fort Rucker. And so one of the problems that happens at Fort Rucker is I'm living on post, living on post, going to Dodea schools, and now the rug gets pulled under me, and I'm going... That installation is actually divided between three different school districts, so at least here we don't have that (laughs) problem. Um, And then from there, it compounds it to one of them is an extremely rural school district that also um, three of the schools offer football, three of them don't offer football, but they're not near as competitive as if you were allowed to go to one of the other schools. And unfortunately one of the schools where you would think children would be bused to is not even on the table for you so no kid if you're in if you're familiar with fort rucker goes to enterprise you have to be living in enterprise alabama for your child to go to enterprise high school which is actually a brand new state-of-the-art high school so what we really help people understand is something that they might perceive as an assumption going into an installation is actually the way the state drew these lines around this big piece of federal property means this this and this are going to happen but usually we know a way to help you figure out how to make it fit best for your family well and that's why like
1: you're saying it's a good idea to reach out right away yeah because if you've got a kid who wants to go play college football they want to be at enterprise high yeah you know okay so that makes a lot of sense i can see how because it's
2: so different everywhere. Yes, like, absolutely. Like you yeah, can that's, choose. Mm-hmm. I, and that's what came out of the AFAP. Is it was just like, I think even the Department of Defense got overwhelmed because for the longest time they had been like, these are the states we put Department of Defense schools in. We are not in the business of building new schools, CONUS, and everybody's getting a free and appropriate education. What's the problem? Until they really started to deep dive. And I think even, and, and I know now, the Department of Defense does have a better working relationship with the Department of Education than they had back then. Okay, I think some of us take that for granted. Well, they're both executive branches. Surely they knew what was going on. And one's like, no, I educate nope. kids. And the other one's like, right now, since 2001, I've been pretty busy. Yeah. And kids have just been getting educated as their parents move around, you know. And so, but when the AFAP brought it up, it was like, oh, wow. It does look and sound different in every single place because the Department of Education is saying, yeah, we put out very limited guidance. It's totally still a state's rights, Mm -hmm. how education looks, and then most states are saying, we have independent governing boards that govern our school systems. And so when it really started to break down on a structural level, they realized, wow, we do need somebody helping our command teams navigate it, helping our families navigate it, because it is something we've just been taking for granted that a family's gonna move, and of course, because we're in America, they're gonna have a free and appropriate education, but it may look and sound and be a little bit different in every place they go, to include what a third grader's learning. Right, and like you're saying, what things are called, what courses
1: are called, what different plans there are. Something that keeps coming up in every interview that I do with someone is that soldier readiness starts with family readiness and like you're saying education is a big reason most of the people I know who are living apart from their military spouse it's because of their child's education so this is this is all really cool to know that I could reach out to you before we made the decision to stay somewhere for my daughter's senior year or whatever and see
2: what what options there were, what possibilities. The other thing that we always talk about is let us know, too, if what was great about the last place. So much here has come, like at this installation, as well as at Fort Irwin, Fort Drum, like even ones that aren't quality of life, just knowing within the school support services channels, Milligan, Navy Armory in Tennessee which is like landlocked Tennessee that has, <laughs> you know, a navy like those are rural areas but and what people don't realize is when you're in a rural area it's not it's not the installation that's making your education look and sound different it's a university partner like Kansas State University or Georgia Southern, if you happen to be at Hunter Army Airfield, and then they were having such great success at Hunter Army Airfield that Stuart was like, We're going to figure out how to bring you here. And that comes from the partnership aspect of school support services and family sharing. This is what we thought was great at our last place. This is what our child's going to miss the most. And so we're also, when you're sharing your interest with us, whether you decide to come here or not, we know that if we can't right size fit you, that interest may be what keeps you there. So we're tracking data within our offices and this is kind of where we become a command advisory team and we work with winning the fight for talent and bringing soldiers to different places and most liaison officers do that, is our families are looking for this. Like these are six families that, you know, reached out and they came here, but they're driving to here and we figured that out, you know, if we could get it here, we also use the rule of three. So for every six families that decided to make this huge sacrifice, there's probably three more that didn't. And so then we look at it and we're like, we've got 30 families that are probably really interested in this resource. In this resource. How can we get it here? What can we do? Um, and so we start looking at. Department of Defense. We look at Department of Education grants. We look at what's going on in the state and other places and can we get that within a school district here or what's being best practiced in a Area, you know, that's more populated here around Baton Rouge or Lafayette. How did they do it? What partner did they have? Are they willing to do something remote and so that's where that's some different projects that our office will get tasked with to make sure that we are offering educational extracurricular activities that our families want to see or educational programming and partnerships within our schools.
1: So if I'm moving here and my child has been involved in one of those kinds of programs somewhere else and I want to tell people about it, try to get it started here, is that something that I should bring directly to you, the school liaison officer, or is there another avenue?
2: It's definitely something you can bring to us, and if you have other family members that want to see it, that's usually what we'll say, you know, um, let's see if we can get an interest started here. If you're interested in spearheading it, you know, um, start a group, because especially if we can get a group of families, and then we set up, get on the calendar, usually with the garrison command team, if you're Army specific. Uh, Again, all of them fall under either the garrison commander, the wing commander, or the The navy is the shore patrol, so or not the sh- the shore duty commander, because it has to do with families and family readiness and what's going on on the installation. So that's where the school liaison officer always falls, and so that's that's what we set that up. Like this is what you know your families are are looking for. This is what's going to keep the soldier's family here, the child engaged, the child, you know, all of that falls into a child and a and a family's social emotional setting so when a child feels settled and a child feels involved their social emotional is usually in a in a bottom ready to work ready to learn ready to be a productive part of their family and their community when any of that kind of gets off kilter in a household it can start to affect the service members readiness or the soldiers readiness and so that's another really big important part of us wanting to make sure that the family feels connected and feels supported when they get here. That's awesome. So
1: we're talking about all the issues, like the big stuff that you can help with, but I also wanted to say, like Tiffany mentioned earlier, um, we met, I'm doing air quotes, uh, through Facebook, through a mutual friend. I was coming from Hunter Army Airfield in Savannah and one of my neighbors was good friends with Tiffany in Kansas, right? Yes. Kansas. Um, And so, I was lucky that I already knew Tiffany's name, knew that she was involved in the schools, and I kind of ended up asking dumb questions, like, which school is Pickering, which school is Parkway? <laughs> and there, one of the teachers that my daughter had been assigned, someone had expressed a concern about them, and so I was able to go to t- Tiffany and say, hey, what's the deal with this classroom? And she was able to give me some context that really put my mind at ease, and we ended up having a great year. School liaison officers are there to help with these big issues, but I know that Tiffany welcomes all these small questions, too. Wow,
0: you guys, this is Margot now. Um, I cannot believe how much information of that that I did not know. And here I am like with the podcast for military spouses and didn't know. All that information that the school liaison officer could do and could offer. The interview that Kathleen did with Tiffany is just chock full of information like that. And it's actually an hour long. And so we're already at the 20 minute mark. And I feel like I have learned so much information and kind of just need to sit with it, honestly. So we're going to break this up into a few different episodes. Because I like Kathleen said, one of the main reasons that we hear that military families are separated is because a child needs to stay back for school. And so now knowing that the school liaison officer can maybe help rectify that situation, and the family can stay together, like, that's amazing so again we, we will talk more about this next week then so we hope you enjoyed this we hope you learned something we'll post in the facebook group and let us know if you have any more questions for the school liaison officer your experiences with them so yeah we'll see you next week until next time you can find us at household on instagram at household6podcast and on facebook you can join our group small army the household
1: 6 podcast community Like we always say, leave your duty station better than you found it. Household Six is signing off.
0: Bye.